What's shaking, cats and kittens? This is Rob Lee from Truth in This Art, your favorite podcast. Every week, I help share the stories of artists, cultural leaders, and entrepreneurs. Small business is the backbone of a thriving community. So this month, I want to show some extra love to our presenting sponsor and small business, Double Dutch Boutique. For the holidays, remember to shop small, shop local. Double Dutch Boutique carries locally made in Baltimore vendors such as This Sporting Life, Creative King, Black Radish Handmade, and so much more. Head on over to 1021 West 36th Street in Hamden or on the web at www.doubledutchboutique.com and tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and this is on MTR Podcast. Um, today's guest is a Baltimore artist and faux finisher in a perpetual state of exploring and developing the mediums which she employs. Please welcome Kelly L. Walker. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so good to be with you today. Oh, likewise. So I read some things earlier, so I have new questions that cool. you didn't receive. Good. I love that. <laughs> um, but I want to get to the, uh, I want to start off with uh, the vital stats. Uh, where'd you grow up? How'd you get started? And what brought you to Baltimore? Oh my God. That's such a long story. Or whatever the abbreviated Cliff Notes version of it is. Okay. The Cliff Notes version is I was born in a very small Midwestern town, d- factory working people, mm-hmm. uh, blue collar, uh, moved to St. Louis, got to see a big city after my mom married an executive, which was kind of wild because everything changed. Class class changed, surroundings changed, everything changed. I didn't like it very much. I felt very out of place there, but I, there I went. Had to go. I was a kid. Um, then they he transferred his job to North Carolina. So I spent most of my life in North Carolina before I ended up in Baltimore when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And I've been here for 27 years. So I've been here longer than any place else I've lived. But Baltimore really raised me. North Carolina, I picked up a lot of things along the way, obviously. Um, But it was Baltimore that turned me on to art. It Mm -hmm. turned me on to architecture. It turned me on to design. It was here that I really blossomed because I didn't know uh, creative people at all. I mean, looking back and and going back and visiting as an adult, I'm like, wow, there's there's a lot of creative people in my family. Um, But I would have never considered them artists. And I didn't know art was something one could do. Let's, let's, let's talk about your work. Um, so what are you ultimately, which, which is going to sound ghost. Why are you on this art podcast and, uh, <laughs> describe your process? Oh man, I'm a, ma- I'm just a maker. I'm a making machine. I love, <laughs> I'm just a creative force that like, it, it's hard to rein me in. Honestly, now that I found this outlet, um, it's hard for me to you know, keep it at bay. I have to do the work now. There is no choice in the matter. <laughs> like, finally let it out. And, um, you know, I always knew there was something a little wrong with me. <laughs> like, wow. There's something a little off. Like, you know, there's there's things that I'm interested in. There's, you know, I get stimulated by color. I get excited about um, layering and textures and fabrics. And, it, you know, I'm like touching these I noticed. I'm like fondling your, your padding on the walls. I'm like, that's nice. So, I, but I didn't know that that way of thinking was important until I got here and I got hired in in a business as an apprentice. I didn't even know I was an artist, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I started making things um, around 22. About 22 years old is when I first started to create work. Um, before that, I'd never taken an art class or 
you know, explored that medium, never even took it as an elective in high school. Mm -hmm. All my friends were in the art classes, but, you know, if you had an elective, I remember weaving and I would find this piece in those classes. Um, I went to drug rehab a lot as a teenager. Um, and that's honestly where I first started. I made things. They make you make a wallet. They'd make you, oh, I was always making like a bong, you know, something that I could create <laughs> out of clay that I could smoke weed with as soon as I got out. Um, that's neither here nor there, but there was the, <laughs> there was this. Con and actually, that's kind of important because there was this connection with like my creative energy and sobriety, mm -hmm. and I ended up becoming sober when I was eighteen. Here in Baltimore, I hit a really intense, obvious bottom at, at eighteen. I hitchhiked here. Um, I was very, I, I like to say I was feral, which is <laughs> <Just> pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, I was living to party. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to stay loaded all the time and you can do that really well in this town. Right. But you can also do everything else in this town. Um, and so my first interaction with Baltimore was a little sad and dreadful. And then I ended up getting struck sober. Um, and my whole life changed. Mm -hmm. And I started as like, as soon as started, as soon as sobriety began, all of a sudden I had all this energy that yeah. I needed to find an outlet for, or cause it was, I was using it to kill myself for so long that now I had this available place inside of me that was needed to come out. And so I started making collage. I started, you know, cutting magazines up and maniacally gluing, <laughs> you know, stuff together. And I started making these weird shadow boxes that, you know, they were very racy, you know, it was a lot of, um, you know, sex toys and religious iconography. I mean, I was going through a lot of things <laughs> back then, you know, I was discovering my sexuality. I was like confronting these things that I was confronting, you know, in my day-to-day -day life, homophobia, um, racism, all these, these things that were bothersome to me. I was like starting to like create on purpose with yeah. and made these collages. And that's how I got hired. Um, I was also a bike messenger and I would be making these works and I, I didn't make any money, but when I showed them, people liked them and I felt like, wow, it was the accolades of people being like, wow, this is good work. I like this work that made me go, huh, maybe, maybe I'm onto something. Um, and so that's the, that work is how I got, um, hired as an apprentice at mm. the decorative painting company. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful for that because it's completely changed my life. I mean, that, that introduced me to mediums that were way, way past my scope at that time. You know, I was cutting up magazines and taking photographs and collaging these, these things together that way, found objects. But that world, that, that painting world, that high-end interior design world, that's when I started to really be like, oh, I'm attracted to these textures. I understand these layers. Oh, my God, this color makes me feel this way. You know, this position, this fabric, this um, – and, and being exposed to, like, wealth, yeah. being exposed to how other people lived because I'm in their houses, like, painting. Yeah. It was wild. I mean, it was a whole, like, other world. I mean, I grew up in, like, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was born in Indiana. Like, very – you know, all of a sudden I'm in these houses of, you know, executives and, and I'm experiencing, um, abundance for the first time. And I'm also working with materials that are super stimulating, like, right. you know, learning how to manipulate mediums, um, to create layers and to create energy on a wall, a flat surface that feels like there's something moving, yeah. which I just loved. And I took to it, like, it was just magic. It just made a lot of sense. So I hope we answered that so, question. So, so, so within your your process as a creator, as let's say if you were to make 
let's say X right now, whatever X might be, because you're a maker, right? Yeah. Uh, what does that process look like? I, I, I understand that there's a, there's a component of stimulation there. Mm -hmm. It's like, that color, I want to do something with, with that color, or that material, I want to work, do something with that material. So speak a little bit more on that. Yeah, like that's kind of what how I get inspired. And honestly, I, I said something in... I think I talked to you about like the fits and starts that I get to create in because yeah. my time is so is stretched very thin because I'm doing a lot of things. And so my studio practice is like my most sacred time, but I don't get it as often as I'd like mm -hmm. because I'm getting pulled in from the other business, from the other creative place, which is art star, which yeah. is really what pays me and what, what keeps my, you know, my employees employed. And, um, and that's a whole nother you know, exciting adventure in and of itself, but that takes a lot of my time and focus. So I literally have to create space to, to work. And sometimes time and energy are not in the same place at the same time. And I That's fucking true. hate that. It's super frustrating yeah. to be like, it's Saturday evening. I have cleaned the whole day off or it's Saturday and I'm so tired. I just want to read a book yeah. and like being okay with that, like being okay with reading the book. And then you know, I've probably, I haven't been in the studio in probably eight days, which is horrifying. I mean, like I've traveled for five, come back from that. I started this huge project that I really needed all my focus on. And I'm just, I can just feel it building in me. Like I just need to release. I need to work. And so thank God I have a studio helper and I'm like, Hey, let's start. I want to make, I'm, I'm really wanting to create some layers and textures right now. Um, some small pieces. I, you know, I, and so I'm having her like stretch some canvas, just with some things, start, start moving some color and energy around in the space. And then tomorrow I have the whole day and night to just paint almost the whole weekend. <laughs> so that's pretty much how I do it, you know, and, um, and I never really know what's going to show up when I go to work. Mm. Um, I get frustrated a lot because I have to stop once I get a flow going because I have all these responsibilities that I have to attend with. So, you know, the fantasy is someday only have, you know, I can't wait to be able to only do that, to just show up and serve my studio process. That would be, that's just the, that's the fantasy. That's the retirement plan. I, I like to, and thank you for sharing that actually, because it, it was a lot there actually <laughs> to, to yeah. kind of cut through. There but, was a uh, lot. <laughs> but uh, I, I, one of the things that I, and people will ask, like, how do you do all these thousand podcasts? And he's like, you do two other independent things outside of this. Right. And maintaining a day job, a relationship, some semblance of a social life, and the various murders that I can. No, that's not right. right. Uh, but <laughs> Your Dexter side hustle. <laughs> well, the podcast equivalent of it. <laughs> right. But uh, it's, it's essentially, it's like still time. I, I, like, I have these different buckets. But right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You got to make time. You got to make it. But I, I like to steal in this, like, if I can shift and maybe combine two things. So maybe it was something that I picked up from, like, the four-hour work week or what have you. Not that I read the, the full book, but I got enough of it that I applied it immediately. Right. And it might be, all right, I'm going to do some cardio, but I, I want to read this book or I want to play this video game. I want to do these things and stack them in a way right. that, that makes sense. So it might be, let me network, but also... Let me try to get some guests, but because I think those are separate things right. like networking to show people and try to scale and grow what I'm doing, but also I'm scouting right. <laughs> too. Yeah. And those are two separate things, and you make that time. Yeah, that's the business mind, I think. Mm -hmm. I love I love that part of my mind. I didn't know that that was there. And I'm like, 
well, this just makes sense. Like, this just makes sense that this is the better use of my time is to multitask these things. And which is one of the things that, you know, Artstar really feeds me because Artstar makes me be in the studio. Mm -hmm. At least a couple days a week, I have to be in the studio creating client samples. And once I'm in the space, I will ultimately sneak over to my studio practice, you know, get the business up and running, get the the, you know, give the direction that needs to be given. And then I can sneak off into my own personal space. It's a little scary though. Cause once I start working, mm -hmm. I don't want to stop. Like, I just want to go until I'm just drop dead exhausted. So for, for those who are uninitiated quickly, what is art star? Cause you referenced it. And I don't know if anyone else is, is following and might not be aware. So, so give them the rundown of what art stars. So that's the faux finishing part of what the, the, my intro. Your intro. Yeah. <laughs> when you said the full finisher. Um, I have this painting company, decorative painting company. Um, we do plasters and painted, you know, murals and some sign painting, but mostly like murals and interior wallscapes, ceilingscapes, a lot of plaster and um, tactile materials. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. You know, like the two parts of me like really feed off. I'm like right in the center of these two places. Now, the the art star is more, you know, I'm catering to a clientele that is saying, I want my wall to be to look like this and to feel like this and to be this colorway. And so they're dictating, you know, they're they're dictating what I do. And then so I'll, they'll dictate the color palette. They'll dictate the texture. Mostly very, very rarely do I have free reign to just go into a client's house and do whatever I want. Never actually doesn't really usually ever happen. <laughs> There's a lot of like process and it's like a whole lot of science behind that. It feels more like baking, like, you know, baking cake, following a recipe, you know, creating this thing right time and time again. And then there's my personal practice where I use a lot of those mediums leftover from jobs. Um, I'll take, you know, plasters leftover from jobs and I'll start my canvases or my right. panels that way. And I'll just kind of, like manipulate the materials in the way that I want to manipulate yeah, them. Yeah. You know, I'll throw some gold leaf and spray paint together, which these those two mediums usually don't ever, ever collide. But in my studio, that, that kind of stuff works so well. Yeah. Like I have a series of work right now that I'm making um, asphalt and gold leaf pieces, and they're fucking incredible. I love them. It's yeah. like some of my favorite work because it's exactly me. It is truly like that gritty. <laughs> like these are just two products that will never touch yeah, yeah. anywhere else but my studio. And it's just raw and, and edgy, but just enough that it's still contained in a frame and it's nice and pretty and approachable. But really, if you really think about asphalt, you're like, that is the, that is a working class material. Like you're not going to, you know, you know, it's on all the streets. It's everywhere. It's like, we walk on it. We don't even give it a second thought. Yeah. But when you, when there's gold leaf applied to it, it's like the contradiction, that juxtaposition is is somehow magical. So, like, that's what I'm doing in the studio. I'm, like, taking the gold leaf left over from the pendry, yeah. and I'm leafing it on one of my pieces, yeah. you know. And getting a studio helper has been a big game changer for me. Yeah. You know, learning how to accept help has been a huge, like, are you doing everything by yourself? Yes. Yeah. It's it's hell and you're 36. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, this is about the time when I was like, I need help. I, I, well, like I said, I, I've been doing it. For, but we're doing different stuff yeah, and, and doing it for a while. Like at right. one point it was five podcasts and wow. I, I have an editor. Right. Like, but um, I was doing all of the editing, too. Yeah. So well, at least it you was have an editor. A, it was it was a thing. But when it comes to like, for the most part, it's a one and a quarter man show. 
Right. And I'm barely a man. But, uh, <laughs> but it is uh, one of those things. Look, you um, have a full beard. This is fake. Um, <laughs> so let, let's let's go into this one. Um, it, what has been a similar experience that in, informed your interest in, as an artist? And I think you, you've touched on it, but is there anyone like being more like pointed and saying like, when I watched this movie, I knew I wanted to do this. What would be that that seminal experience? I felt like it was partially like that move to Baltimore, but yeah, Baltimore had so much to do with it, just because of I was exposed to all these things that I had no idea existed. I, I don't know, Ar architecture, design, race, culture, class. Yeah. You know, all of that energy that's here, all those op opposing forces that are all like together here, it makes it a really, um, it's just a really intensely beautiful place. You right. know, I, I love all the chaos and the beauty and like, I love the fallen down buildings. I know that sounds crazy. I love some of the, the gritty parts of Baltimore, but I love like the polish too. It, I feel like I've grown up with Baltimore because yeah. I came here kind of an abandoned building and I've turned into a kind of a, you know, nice apartment, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's weird. Like we've grown up together. Um, I think buying a, a book about Andy Warhol, um, like I picked this book out at a, it's like a thrift store type of, you know, used bookstore in North Carolina. I was visiting my girlfriend in Asheville and I just happened into this place that had used books. And there was a book that was called Holy Terror. Of course, that caught my eye and it was pink and lime green and, you know, all the colors that vi bright, vibrant, you know, fabulous colors. And I picked it up and I read this book about Andy Warhol. Yeah. It turned out to be a, a biography. Um, and I just fell in love with this guy. I was like, this guy. Oh, my God. I didn't like. Wow. Um, and so that kind of really started it. And then I got, you know, kind of obsessed with like that whole era of creatives, mm -hmm. you know, I started reading about studio 54 and I was like, you know, thinking about the Rolling Stones and the Velvet Underground and, and Andy Warhol and his factory and all the drugs and all the sex and all the weird movies and all the things that he got into and got away with. And, um, like it was, he's fascinating. I mean, we all know and love his work. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, all the people that came out of the, the factory, you know, all had their own little 15 minutes, right? There was, I have like the candy, the candy darling diaries. Um, it just, I just started reading everything I could get my hands on about the, the most like subculture of the, that culture, yeah. you know, and then Baltimore is just full of subculture and interest. You know, I, I'm like still obsessed with Edith Massey and, you know, and, and John Waters and, and how Fells Point used to be even 27 years ago. It was a whole nother world. It's just weird to see what's happened yes. to both of us, to me <laughs> and Baltimore, you know? So let's see, because uh, in this case, this is a question that kind of came out of your bio. Uh, describe three of the most important lessons you've learned from the school of life. Oh, my, my school of real life. Uh-huh. Um, Don't smoke in the bed. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> one of my favorite things, well, make time is one of them. That's, That's my new motto. So your knuckles. <laughs> yeah, tattoo my knuckles. I'm like, you know, every time something happens now, I have to get a tattoo about it. Like, I got to remember this time. You know? All I have is this. This is like literally. That's a rough spot. That's oh, it, it was great. It was great. It was a good time. So, <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm like 
Oh, I know. <laughs> so fucking covered. And I'm like, you know, emailed recently. I'm like, it's time. It's time for some more. I've got a, I got some more places. And and I did not intend on getting a bodysuit. And a friend of mine was like, are you going to get a bodysuit? I'm like, no. Are you kidding? It's like, you have 98% of a bodysuit. And I'm like, fuck. Like, I look at myself sometimes. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like 75% covered, at least. Like, that's crazy. How did this happen? I saw the low post. You're like, yes, I'm wearing pants. I was like, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> I know. I'm like, because it looked like a little, little racy there. Yeah. Um, okay. So... A lot of, okay, don't laugh. I'm going to keep laughing. <laughs> You're so funny. What is my favorite quote? I can't remember it. I'm, I'm, I'm so tired. You and I are both on the same sleep schedule of not having any. Um, use what you have. Start where you are. Do what you can. That's one of my favorites um, because oftentimes my brain is so troublesome that it will think me out of taking an action. Like, it'll thank me out of just showing up in the studio for that two hours that I have time for. Mm -hmm. um, and I will not, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll choose inaction instead of taking the action. So, um, or I'll go to work and I'll be like, damn it, I don't have any black ink. Like, I need black ink. Damn it. I didn't go to the art supply store. Well, I guess I can't work. Nope. Like, let's start where, what, what do I have? Well, I have, you know, it might not be the alcohol ink, but I have this other kind of ink. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. So... That's one of one of the things I've learned. I've I've learned to um, keep moving or you'll die. <laughs> so so a shark. <laughs> totally. Totally a shark. I love sharks. Um, yeah. Like I can't stop swimming or I'll sink to the bottom and drown. Like I got to. I was going to say, now you're just referencing Fighting Nemo. And <laughs> is that really a reference? You got to keep swimming. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that was yeah. a thing. No, I've never seen that. Well, now you have to watch it. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you probably should. That's a classic, isn't it? It's a cartoon, right? Yeah. 2003. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a movie guy. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. You've, we actually did talk about like four movies already. It's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, I learned that in work. You know, like my first, when I started getting successful at work, mm -hmm. um, my one of the people that was really helping me in my early sobriety was like, listen, when you get to your job, like, don't stop. Mm. If there's clean something, wipe something, cut something, see if you can help. Like, how can you be of service? Um, that altru like that altruistic way of being willing and being being ready to take an action yeah. has been very. I mean, I just for the first time after I after getting sober, I was able to keep a job and then get promoted. Like, I, I was like, wow, this shit's actually working. <laughs> like, try to be helpful. Yeah. Like, try to be useful. Um. I mean, these are lessons that can be applied for, for anyone. Like, as, I, as I'm hearing them, I'm like, I have my own version of each one. And, yeah, like, they've made sense. Like, they all make sense. It's not like, this is solely applicable to me and my circumstances. It's like, no, no, this is going to be applied. Yeah, it's like to everyone. Yeah. To everyone. Um because especially the that that just kind of using what you have component, like in here, right? They're all, like, I'm used to my home setup. I know what my equipment is. I know because I, I set it up. Right. But when I come here, that's what I was doing earlier. Let me check this and make sure this is right. Let me get the right check on this. Or if this is on the fritz for whatever reason, or if I have a cart that doesn't work, I'm going to try five or six different MacGyver type techniques to figure out the best way to get audio out of here and get this interview recorded because that's what I committed to for this time, for this day. I mean, right. this, this is what we're doing. And 
you know, some people say, oh, well, it's not the proper setup. I guess I'll do something else. We'll have to cancel. Let's do yeah. it another time. Yeah. Like, and I. Then you don't get it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, so this is this is a new one. Okay. I read that you changed an industrial space, a body shop, into a home. The quote, it was the ugliest building I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thinking in, in taking something in, in, in that bad of a shape and turning it into a home? Uh, it was, I had to do it. I had to get out of the neighborhood I was living in. The house that I, it just didn't function anymore. I, I had outgrown it. Yeah. And it was like, I mean, I had paintings in the guest room upstairs. I was making work in the second floor guest room. My whole basement was an art studio. My washroom dryer had paint all over it. I mean, I was using everything to work on. Yeah. And I've always like been a tornado in the studio. Like I'll come down and I'll just start like frenetically painting. Yeah. I mean, um, and then moving things around and letting them dry and letting them sit and going to something else. And then kind of, you know, this whole energy happens, like really chaotic energy. But then when they dry and they're, you know, then I'll slow into like what I'm doing next. Anyway, yeah. it's just how I've always been. And, um, the, you know, I was taking photos in the, in the kitchen, like my paintings were laying on the dining room floor. Like it was, you know, the, the office, the guest room, like all the, I had like a five, five bedroom house that was, you know, four of the bedrooms. Like I had one little nook that was just like my bathroom and my bedroom and like half of a kitchen. I can barely even remember that house now. It's <laughs> been like, I've only been in this building for eight years, but my entire life has changed. And it was absolutely terrifying because I knew I needed a space. I knew how much money I could afford. Mm -hmm. I knew what the bank said that they would give me, but I didn't trust the bank. Thank God I don't trust the bank ever um, because they always say, oh, you can qualify for this amount of money. And I'm like, no, I can't afford that. And still have health insurance and groceries. Like right. I've just always been very practical about finances. Um, very lucky in that way. I, I listened to the old people. I listened <laughs> to my grandpa, my grandparents that like did not have debt. You know, yeah. they didn't buy a car if they didn't have the money. Like I've got this old school philosophy kicking in my inside that's really serving me well, to be honest. But found this building, knew that I needed a bigger space. I knew I needed a live space. I knew I needed a workspace. <coughs> I knew I needed a place to park my car. And I had no idea what that was going to look like, but I was open to the process and this building happened and I had walked past, actually I took my car there in 1993 to get the windows tinted. It was like a body shop, a, a you know, a chop shop on yeah. Madison, Madison in Utah. And there used to be a lesbian bar, like a block away that I used to go to all the time. And so I walked past this building. It was always super sketch and like it was way sketch that now because somebody had renovated it in 2008 and then they foreclosed on the whole block and the whole block was kind of disheveled. I mean, it was a mess. There were, yeah. It was a hot mess. Um, but I could afford it and it was the right space. As soon as I walked in that building, I was like, this is it. And it <laughs> yeah. was get. I mean, it was sketchy, dude. There was like <laughs> bullet holes from the inside out and the, and the, the windows were so rotten and, and like almost fallen in, it, it would rain and the water would come in. I mean, it, just everything about it was like terrible, but it was in a good location. It was close to the highway. Mm -hmm. You know, my people could get to work. One of my, my longest time my work wife, you know, drives from Virginia every day um, to come to work. So I needed to be close to the 95, you know, just it was the right space. Yeah. And I had no idea what was going to happen. And I didn't have a plan and I didn't have any money. I mean, I didn't really have any capital. I had my entire life savings and um, a bunch of hustle. Yeah. And just it just started to develop, unfold. And as more unfolded and more got discovered and uncovered about it, the more I was able to like 
okay, I see it. We can, we got to move this over here. We got to do this over there. Yeah. Okay. Let's drop this wall. Okay. Like, so it started with total chaos of like breaking walls down and like, and, and like the big gallery space is like, was painted dark brown. It's like the most, it's a light filled, incredible room, but it was painted. It was just terrible. They had like dark red paint, dark brown paint. And it's like, what is, it was weird. It was just wrong. It was just all wrong and designed like the, the energy and the design was like just jagged and it just didn't flow. So first thing we did is start ripping stuff down Mm -hmm. and you know, and then finally I got to like, painting the floors and like getting drywall and I just, you know, did what I had and what yeah. used what I had. Yeah. And I didn't have money to put, you know, really do we had to like jackhammer the the like things in the lip space that were where the cars would like rest their tires on. I was gonna leave them and the contractor was like, should we get rid of this? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And you know, stuff like that. And it unfolded and it evolved and now it's like this really magical Beautiful, beautiful home. Yeah. I mean, it's like really the first home I've ever really had, like real home, where it's like, wow, I created this. Yeah, and that and that's the thing that I'm hearing, like out of that that chaos and and those things that it's like this was this looked, what's the word, raw and edgy, bullet holes initially, <laughs> yeah. have you? and then it's like now it's a, a, a has the components of being a gallery space and a in a living space. It's like, who would have thought, you know? Yeah. And I like... That's not for you, of course. (laughs) Well, like, I didn't have a vision. I mean, that's so much of, like, what I do is I don't have a directive when I start. I just start. Mm -hmm. I just start moving. And then it comes. And it makes me believe, you know, that there's there's larger forces at play, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm tapping into some right stuff now. And, And I'm inspired. And I'm, you know part of this process of like evolving and the building certainly evolved and it's just, it's wild. You got to come over sometime. Yes. You got to come see it. It's really sweet. I mean, I love to open it. I mean, I feel like I've been given that space so I can have parties and stuff. I like to have, have fundraisers and have people come over. So see, well, we already have an answer for that one. I I was looking at because I was like, the way that you're answering, I was like, you're hitting the, you're hitting the questions. I was like, this is, you're cheating. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay, this, this, this is where they start getting to the, the personality-oriented ones. Uh, if you were stranded on a tribal island, what are two things that you want with you? An iPhone. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, good luck charging, I'm man. just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. I would say, actually, I've been thinking about this one because it's... A boat. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, like... Um, a boat's pretty promising. I think I would want, um, a water filtration type of thing Practical. and some fire. So matches like some something. matches. Cause I would never have the patience to sit there and like rub a stick together until it made a fire. They're just, I would die before that happened. Cause I just don't have any patience. So, but if I had the starter kit, I think I could get it going and keep it going. And that leads you to the other things. Like, one, you need water. Yes. And it's like, look, if there is a branch here, I can sharpen it and I can stab fish. I'll yep. be able to eat. Yep. See, that's that's one of the better versions of it because usually people will say, oh, well, if I, you know, I had this or maybe a book, I was like, that's going to be useless. Yeah. And like, enjoy, like, like what is it, Wilson or what have you. Wilson. Yeah. I mean, that, when I watch that show, I'm like, oh my God, that's so horrifying. He had to take his his cavity tooth out with that it was awful I, remember when he took I've his tooth out I've never watched it dude you have to see that show 
It's good. It's actually oh. really good. FedEx clearly paid for the whole movie because they are. It, he was a FedEx pilot, and FedEx is everywhere. You got to see it. But it was it was good. But it was it was he freaking made a fire with the stick. That would never happen. I would that, totally. That's not something that I think. Like I'm I'm pr- I'm pre caveman like proto like before fire. I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's, it's like seeing magic for the first time. Yeah. It's like huh, bewildering. So uh, let's see, let's see. Um, ooh, this is a pretentious question, but I am going to ask it. And this is actually the last question before I get to my rapid fire questions. Okay. What does cre- creativity mean to you? Hmm. Yeah. God, that's hard. What does yeah. it mean to me? Yeah. Well, it means absence of boredom. Fair. No boredom. Nobody likes to be bored. I do not like to be bored. Um, thinking, you know, thinking bigger. Mm-hmm. Trying different. Yeah. It's definitely not boring. I remember my girlfriend. She was like, "What do you mean you don't you don't drink or do drugs? Like what? What are we gonna do? I'm like we're gonna do everything else, and it will not be boring." And she's like. I don't know. <laughs> I'm. I like to get loaded, but I'm old and I'm kind of over that. So maybe. Oh, no. I'm like. I'm like. Let's get mountain bikes. Let's go on vacation. You know. <laughs> let's go do all this other stuff. Um. Sorry. Back to that. Uh. Yeah. What does it mean to me? I mean. I guess. Freedom. Yeah. You know. All those things. It. It, it represents all that. Because I think people throw around like. You, when you have those sessions, like, oh, I'm creative. It's like, are you though? It's like, like, how do you like? And I think that question is very worthy of, even though it's pretentious. I still recognize it's pretentious. Like, what's art? Like, but I think when someone asks that question around, like, what's creativity or how do you deem creativity? It, it's it's something to kind of get an idea of which which your headspace is. Because mm-hmm. I've had people that I've talked to or do interview. And it's like, oh, so why are you doing art? It's like just to make money. And it's like, all right, so that might that answer might be different for them. It's like creativity is a way for me to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I can, you know, monetize. And other people, it's like it's an outlet. It's, it's so, so interesting. It's so many different things I think it can be. I mean, it is an outlet for sure, but. I mean, the money, money always comes. It's just not, and it used to be my focus. Like, oh, if somebody doesn't buy something at my show, then it's not worthy. Mm-hmm. Right. And because my self-esteem all came from like, am I making man, if I'm, am I making a sale? You know, and now I'm like, no, 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 you're cultivating an energy. Mm-hmm. And the return is sometimes money, but oftentimes other things you're getting paid, you know, yeah. like, um, Another quote just popped in my mind that bonus quotes. Yeah, bonus quotes. <laughs> Happiness is the byproduct of right living. Mm. That is one of my favorite thoughts. And I think it, it's aligned with what is creativity too, because I'm hap- when I'm when I'm being creative, you know, well, my whole life is creative. I can't get away from it. I'm just, you know, I've just got that thing. A ball of creativity. It's, it's just a ball. Yeah. I'm just like you know, and I like people and I get stimulated by all the things. So like keeping the conversation going, yeah. like takes a lot of creative energy. All right. Now it's time for this last. Thing. That was the last actual question question. Now it's time for some rapid fire questions. All right. So this is a new segment. Hasn't technically debuted for anything that you've probably heard yet. So the way that these rapid fire questions work is 
Uh, I'll just ask you a question, and it's like, the answer is what the answer is. You don't need to provide any additional context unless you want to. Okay. First question. Use one word to describe your computer ability. Negligible. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> good. Favorite curse word. Fuck. That's all, Brad. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite beverage? Topo Chico. You too? I which, fucking love Topo flavor? Chico. Which well, flavor? I like lime, but white, just the clear white is also very good. Okay. I was, I was... Were you disappointed that I said lime first? Yeah. I mean, the clear is pretty money. But listen, you can't drink it out of the bottle. You really have to pour it in a glass. Like, I've been drinking it out of the okay. bottle. Uh -huh. and I'm like, then I went to dinner and they poured it in a glass. They had at Salio's, plug yeah. for them. Freaking awesome, awesome place. Yeah. Awesome restaurant. Great chef. They poured the bottle and I was like, God, this is the best water ever. And yeah. I realized... Oh, it's different than the water at home because I'm not pouring it out of the bottle. I'm drinking it right out of the bottle. Yeah. So I've been pouring it, and it's even better. The the, the worst one is the grapefruit, though. Grapefruit oh, I haven't poison. had that. Grapefruit okay, I poison. won't try it. Like, no just grapefruit as a whole is poison. You mean just grapefruit the fruit? Yes. Oh, okay, you hate grapefruit. Yes. I okay. call it poison. That's funny. My girlfriend loves it. She hates broccoli, so she's like, broccoli's poison. I was like, yeah, but broccoli needs great. Broccoli is pretty delicious. See, I try to tell them. I mean, it's it is pretty delicious, but I also I'm a grapefruit fan. Like now that I don't eat sugar anymore, that's, that's like two right there. I know. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! I gotta go. It's time for me to leave. Um, but now that I don't eat sugar anymore, yeah. a, I can peel a grapefruit and eat it, and it feels sweet. Or a banana is like too sweet. That is, it's like, uh, I won't say his name because he's been canceled, but that's a, like a bit from a comedian where he's like, yeah, kids taste buds are overstimulated that fucking apple tastes like paper to them. Yeah. And that's a legitimate thing. But once you start, quote unquote, detoxing yourself from some of these things, right. then you're like, oh, that's what that tastes like? Yeah, it's wild. Like yes. I quit smoking during, the, I've done a lot of stuff during the pandemic, which has been pretty wild. Good like I you. smoked, I kept smoking, I would smoke and I would stop smoking. And then I thought I needed, like, I like to smoke in the studio and I don't know. I just, I quit smoking. Don't, don't, don't let me forget to tell you about clove cigarettes. I love clove cigarettes. Don't let me forget to tell you about, I have a story about them. I'm not going to say on mic. All right, go ahead. Um, worst tattoo related question that you've received because you're 75% or more covered. What is that? Like, is that the story of your life? Oh my God. Did it hurt? I fucking hate that one too. Did it's it hurt? A, it's a terrible What'd one. your mom say? You know, I'm just like, my mother hates my tattoos, but it doesn't matter. She's my, fine with them now. My, my mom, when I did, got this one done, she was like, is that a demon? I was like, it's an Oni. She's like, what's that? I was like, all right. It's like, just, you know. All she me. says is demon, demon, uh -huh. demon, literally, demon. Literally, literally. Uh, I think I know the answer for this one based on the fact that we both were working off the same amount of sleep. Morning person or night person? I'm a morning person. Say. I mean, I am... I did not ever see that coming, but there is not enough hours in the day to create everything I want to create. I, I mean, I love, I actually love running a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love running a successful, thriving business. I love like, um, the drama of it. I just, yeah. there's a lot of drama. I mean, I work for creatives with creatives and I'm a creative. Like it, there's a lot of opportunity mm -hmm. for things to get a little weird. Um, and, um, but I like getting up. I like to, I do prayer meditation in the morning. I like do some journaling. I like, you know, I've just been, you know, I have to make lists without a notebook full of what I have to keep in mind that day. And I use my meditation practice to kind of 
keep me awake to what I'm supposed to remember to do. And like, I'll sit there and I'll meditate and then something will occur to me. Oh, I need to do that. And I'd write it down. Like I, it's, there's a thing called two way prayer. That's my, that's been my, my jam lately is just like sitting quietly, saying some prayers, sitting quietly and like writing down what comes. And it's sometimes it's something like, don't forget to ask your assistant to do X, Y, Z. And other times it's like, Hey, you should follow up on that person that messaged you on Instagram about whatever mm-hmm. that you, you know, buried because you were so busy and stuff was happening. You know, like things will come back. It's so wild. It's like, I'm tapping into something yeah. for sure. It's not me. I do not have that much power. I, I'll say, I, I, I remember I was having this block um, and just kind of running into, you, you, you do a lot of stuff here. You, you learn a lot about what, what people are doing. And as a, a person that's a creative at heart, that, that kind of is trying to justify podcasting as a creative outlet, it's storytelling and so on and all of that different stuff. But you, you kind of encounter it like that from my standpoint, I kind of encounter it regularly where it's like, I need to do something as a reset. And I just remember it was this one time and maybe it's an Eckhart Tolle. I love, I love Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things where I was just like, I need to really just sit here for a minute. Yeah. Don't just, don't do it. anything. Just sit here. And I got past this block because like right now I do this podcast, which is a lot of moving parts. And this one takes the, the most of my time because it's like, oh, you're working with other people. You're working with their time, their schedules. And you're this. Everybody is living and breathing. It's kind of you have to. But you can put it out whenever. Right. Right. Unless someone has something coming up and you want to really help out. Um, but then there's I do a movie review podcast and I can kind of have a little bit of flexibility. But that has the most research that's involved in it. Right. And then I do like a pop culture one where that's just purely improv, but I have to be on. Right. So it's It's just a lot of energy. Yeah. So I was recognizing that I can just program this. I could just ask questions and I can work off the person I'm interviewing. But the other ones, they were kind of suffering because I was putting so much energy there and I was having this block and prepping for one of the other ones. And I was like, I don't feel funny. I don't feel interesting. I got nothing. And I sat there for a minute and really just started to just let things go. And then I had a, the weirdest observation. I was like, that's going to pop in a podcast. I was like, I'm back, baby. Let's go. Yeah. It's like you get recharged. It's yeah. just like my iPhone. It's just like my phone. I'm like, it's like another appendage. Like, I mean, I have to, I have to, like, I, I am a mix. I'm such a walking contradiction, honestly. I'm like, don't stop swimming or you'll die. Don't just do something. Sit there. You know, like, <laughs> I am like literally in the middle of those two things, like all the time. But I'm like getting so much better at like having this conversation with my internal self. That's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're tapped, and I, and there's warning signs, right? I start getting cranky, I start um, feeling self pity, I start feeling overwhelmed, I start feeling not creative, or I start you know believing the dark voice, like the harder voice that's not so nice, the one that's not the one that I don't like to subscribe to, but it was mostly there most of my life. Yeah. I'm now like, no, 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 you're just tired, dude. You just need a nap. Like, yeah. take a nap. Like, I, I run into the naysayer pretty regularly. Yeah. Like, hang, you know, fuck that naysayer. Like, yeah. there's my, there's my word. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like today, it was like, I was so tired that there's a part of me that would have pushed. And like, I told you the story before yeah. we started, like, you know, that I would have gone to the job site. I would have been miserable. It would have been cranky. I would have pushed myself. I would have been dragging ass for this. Like, I wouldn't have done anything to recharge or self care. Yeah. And, I was like, fuck it. It's all under control. It's fine. I'm going to turn the phone off. Turning the phone off 
walking away from that phone yeah. is probably the smartest thing I ever do. And I don't do it enough because I'm kind of a, a slave to it a lot. But like, I just recently had an experience where I left town for five days. I went to my girlfriend's family's house in Alabama. This is not where I want to go if I get five days off, right? This is what my my mind says. Yeah. And my mind is is not, what does they say about your ego is not your amigo. Like my mind is, that's where my ego is. Right. And, and I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I'm in the busy season. Like I don't have time to go away right now. Well, we bought the tickets. She's super excited. I have to go. Even though I thought about not going because I was so busy, so busy. Right. And I ended up just surrendering to the fact that I needed to just go on the plan and try to be, have a, you know, good attitude about it. And I ended up reading an, a book in one book in one day. I was like, oh my God, I have the ability to read a book. <laughs> like I thought I would start books and put them down, you know? Um, and, and it ended up being like, I walked away from my phone. My phone stopped. It was like, I help create, like I do have power to create my reality. Yes. And I always think that my reality is created for me. But the reality is, is I can put my phone down and say, nope. I'm not doing this. I'm going for a bike ride. I'm going for a run. Yeah. I'm not answering the phone. Um, and then I'll get back to it when I'm ready. Yeah. And then I come back and it's not, sometimes I'm punished with 57 text messages and a whole lot of drama happening and things that I needed to attend to. But 99% of the time it's been quiet too. Yeah. Like I got to dictate that energy flow by saying, nope. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just been a million little things. Like I love Eckhart Tolle. Um, I love that whole subscription to like, you know, my mind is really, it dictates my reality and, and, and I get a say in that. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll leave on this one thing that kind of ties into that. I did that dive into like the metaphysics and all of that, just, just different stuff to try to cope with how we're, how I was perceiving reality. And I, I have this, you know, those, um, it's almost like when you have like the movies, you have, you slide the letters in and all. Right. I have like one of those small ones, you know, uh-huh. and it literally, I haven't changed in like four years. It just says what is real. Right. And that's all it is. And it's just kind of that my version of Memento Mori and Carpe Diem. Right. Um, right. So that's the conclusion of my interview, but I want to open the floor up for you to shamelessly plug. So social media, website, all of that good stuff. Oh, Where thank can people you. check your stuff out? Yeah, I'm kind of out. I like to, I like to, Make energy for sure. I'm on um, IG is my favorite, probably. Uh, Kelly underscore L underscore Walker is my personal practice site. And Baltimore, I'm sorry, Artstar Baltimore is my um, company Instagram. Uh, my website is kellywalkerfineart.com. Uh, it's my personal practice. And Artstar Custom Paintworks dot com is the um the decorative painting site and you're familiar with my work i mean i've done just a ton of work in town i've been we've been so fortunate and i have the best freaking team like the team of people that i get to surround myself with really uh, i i'm blown away by how talented they are and together we're just like this kick-ass force so super super happy to be be doing what i'm doing with the, with the folks that are with me um where else? I mean, I'm all over the interwebs. <laughs> IG is probably my favorite. That's how you and I met. It is. Yeah. Yes. When I, I mean, realize so I have, many... when I realized I have another doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, I know. Quirky. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Quirky. 
Oh, man. Well, I thank, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Totally. I like the rapid fire questions. Those are good. They okay. keep you on your toes. Absolutely. That's good. So for uh, Kelly L. Walker, the raw, idiot, yet approachable. Uh, Kelly L. Walker. <laughs> I am Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just have to look for it. Thank you.